Hello and welcome back to K-Drama Rants. My name is Melanie and I like to rant about K-Dramas. Alright y'all, it's the day. Time to rant about the finale of Extraordinary Attorney Woo. Hope you've enjoyed this journey with me and let's get to it. This episode begins with Tesumi's son going through his morning routine, which is exceptionally similar to Yongwoo's routine, which we've seen at the top of each episode that's part of the opening sequence. He sleeps with a mask and earplugs. He has everything very clearly laid out in his room, just like Wu. He has some Rubik's Cubes, some calculus on a whiteboard, lots of coding books, and some cybersecurity competition prizes. And you know we have a genius on our hands when we see random multivariable calculus without context on a whiteboard. You know. He heads out of his room to go eat some kimbap for breakfast made by the, I'm assuming maid, but she could be a nanny. Side note. I had a friend in high school who had a nanny, and I was like, damn, bitch, I knew you were rich, but not rich like that. And she got super salty about it. Like, what is it about rich folk getting salty about being called rich? Like, it seems like a good thing to be to me. But okay. Like, she really did her best to cosplay being poor in high school. It was weird. <laughs> Anyway, he has to arrange his kimbap in a specific way like Wu does. And as he gets settled, he hears the news about Raon on the TV. The president is still in the hospital and Tessan is suing them. And his mom is watching with a man who might be her husband, might be her secretary, might be both. I don't think his dad is particularly important here and... TBH, I wouldn't be surprised if she canonically spratted a child on her own with sheer force of will just to help with her image. And as she gives the man instructions on how to save their image from the news, Boy goes into the living room to confess to her. And she's like, what? So she takes him into his bedroom and tries to get him to cover it up. Her worry here is that she's about to become the minister of justice and she can't let him do the right thing to come clean. So he whips out his ace and he's like, what? And you, you hiding shit now? Like, I know about Uyong And Tessamine's like, what? You been new? And this woman really thought she did something when she tried to hide Young Woo. But literally everybody knew. Everybody knew. At the office, Jang and the junior lawyers. Jang is Jung's rival. They reflect on the Ron case, and Han comes in to join the case against Tessan, finally, and she congratulates Jang on his diligent review of the law that allowed them to win the case earlier, and he takes all the praise, even though we all know it was all woo. I don't like this man. And then we learn that the engineering guy from the last episode is now the interim CEO while the president is in the hospital, and they say Tepyeongnim in Korean, which is like, I don't know, kind of like a catch-all for president, CEO, chairman, head of company, whatever. 
So like, I'm going to use president, CEO, maybe chairman, all interchangeably. It's fine. Don't worry about it. They're all the same guy. I don't know. I'm a fucking individual contributor. I'm not an exec in any company. <laughs> and then we cut to him accepting the role and assuring the board members that he will make the best decisions and the members eat it up. They give him a round of applause. Uh, what a sleazy guy. Uh, and you'll soon learn why. Then Choi and Tweedledum go to visit Jung at the hospital and they find him getting pretty for his ex Jisoo, who's coming by later. And he's wearing his little face mask and when he takes it off, Kwon compliments him by letting him know that he looks pretty, which is very awkward and like it's fully threatening everybody's masculinity in this scene. <laughs> They keep showing him, like, trying to do good things this episode. And I'm like, that's not enough, okay? Okay, you aired Wu's Dirty Laundry, okay? Like, that's what you wanted to do, so no. No, 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 no. Just because you're doing one nice thing here and there does not mean that you're a better man, okay? Okay. And then Jung tells them to take care of themselves while they're young because the stuff they put their body through, you know, pulling all-nighters, eating bad food... We'll catch up with them later on. Then his ex comes in and the junior lawyers leave. She brings him a tablet with a K-drama he used to love to help him feel better. And he thanks her, but he can't stop himself from suggesting that they get back together when he feels better. And I have complex feelings about this. And this has nothing to do with Jung or the show, but what we know... Like, the stats are grim for couples where one of them is sick with cancer. If it's a hetero couple and the woman gets sick, the likelihood of divorce is around 21%. And if the man is sick, it's only around 3%. So, while I think Jung deserves happiness, I can't help but think he would never and could never do what she's doing for him if the roles were reversed. Again. I am the kind of person for whom being eternally linked to a man sounds like a horrible idea. So I tend to remember these stats probably more than your average Joe. But this is something to think about when getting into a long-term committed relationship with someone. Would they be there for you if you got critically ill? Like really, truly, would they be there? Because I thought I had been in a relationship like that. And when I had to have emergency surgery, that man was gone. That man was fully gone okay so think about it okay think about it it's a person you're with someone that will take care of you because if not consider reconsider reconsider where you're at okay anyway her condition to get back together with him is for him to quit hanbada and find a firm that lets him have a better work-life balance and he agrees. is very touching. I will come back to this later. Then, Kwon and Sumi meet up for what we assume is scheming purposes. But he's only there to let her know that he's quitting scheming. And he's going to try to be a fool, a quote-unquote fool, as Choi had asked him to be. This is not enough. Is no one going to find out that he tried to mess with Wu and even went so far as to give an opposing lawyer information to help her win the case, not them. Like, this is not enough. This is not nearly enough. 
I need people to find out. I need his intentions to get found out. I want people to know about it. I want people maybe like forgive him or whatever, but like I want people to know. I want people to look at him weird. Okay, that's what I want. Because he's been doing some shady shit and nobody's saying anything about it. Like, I understand the parallel here is that when Wu's made a mistake, we let her learn from them. But people knew about them. People knew the mistakes that Wu made. And, like, he's not actually being affected in any way, shape, or form for the shit that he did. Like, people haven't been whispering about him in the hallway of his workplace. So, yeah, that's basically, that's all we get. Quan never gets to feel what Wu has felt. And on top of that, he gossips about Wu's life to sue me. And I'm like, why are you giving her any information when you're trying to be a better person? Like, I don't think you actually learned because he did it because he hasn't had to. <laughs> and later we see Junho waiting outside of Wu's house to ask her to get back with him. But when she comes up the hill, a man in a fancy suit and car invites her to become a part of Tessan. And it's the same offer that Sumi made to Wu's dad so many episodes ago. And he reads the situation properly and chooses not to propose getting back together just then and helps her navigate the situation with the messenger. He's obviously super confused because the offer comes from Testumi herself and he has no idea that she is Boob's mom. So he's like, why is this happening? Like, why are we doing this? Why are you having this conversation, huh? So then she goes into her house with the intention to let her dad know about the offer, but he's already waiting for her to tell her about what Han told him about the article coming out revealing the truth about Wu's parentage. And he also comes clean about knowing Tessan's offer earlier and instead of focusing on the fact that he knew something about her life without telling her and having conversations behind her back that could change the trajectory of her life, effectively infantilizing a grown-ass woman who is capable of handing her life all by herself, as we've seen, she just breaks down, upset that she's being pulled in different directions for something that she had no say in. And I'm like, okay, I understand that you're sad that your life is might be affected because of who your mom is your biological mom is and like you didn't have a choice in that but like can we at least address that your dad's been keeping shit from you for like months what why are we not addressing this at all and they don't they don't ever address it and i'm like girly are you this okay with having someone else like make decisions for you because i wouldn't be i get so mad when somebody tells me what's too oh my god anyway ugh. But we're not going to address it. The episode's not going to address us. So we're just going to be left stewing. Well, I'm going to be left stewing in how upsetting that lack of resolution around her dad's meddling went. Like, I wish they'd done something. Then in court, Tessan is laying out the case for their lawsuit and includes saying that they waited weeks to report the incident. What? the heck how could you not share that information earlier to your users and the cops especially if you think it's a north korean hacker like what that is negligence you should have said something but back at the office Wu was doing some work and a secretary comes in to let her know that she has a visitor a younger sibling 
Obviously, Wu was confused because she hasn't really learned about Tesumi's family, but she lets him in out of curiosity. He comes in with his Rubik's Cube and introduces himself as Tesumi's son, which clarifies the source of this boy for her, even though she, like, gets confused about it again later. I don't know. It was a very strange situation. Then he confesses to the hat. And on top of that, we learn that it was at the interim president's behest. Girl! Oh my god, what the heck? What the heck? Apparently, they met during a hacking competition and he asked the boy to hack into round in order to drill into the OG's president head that they needed better security. But after he achieved this, the boy encrypted the data before sending it to the interim president, the guy who asked him to do it. And even though... The man has been pestering the boy for the key to decrypt the data. The boy has not sent him the key because he's afraid that the man is going to sell customer data. And I'm like, oh my God, girl, that is so juicy. He really thought that he was going to get a boy to take the fall for this. What? Ooh, honey. And the reason why the boy is confessing to Wu now is because he didn't mean anyone to get hurt, like the president of Ron did, and wants to face the consequences of his action. And he knows that his big sister won't let it go because he has tried going to the police, but Sumi made it disappear. She's basically just like tampering with his ability to confess. Loving that police integrity. And then he goes into a whole spiel about how he found Wu. He'd heard of the rumors and hacked into his mom's computer, which sounds really impressive. But like, everybody knows their mom's password. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you saying hack? Like, you just, you just opened your mom's computer and you went in there. <laughs> like, what? And he found Wu was all over this woman's technological footprint. So he ends the conversation, giving her a video of him confessing to the crime. But Wu lets him know that the interim president slash CEO slash whatever is her client. So she can't really do anything to jeopardize him. But he tells her that their mom would actually punish him when he did something wrong while he was growing up. I mean, he's still growing up, unlike a lot of wealthy parents do for their boys. But now for this massive crime, she's covering it up because she's afraid how it's going to look like for her bid to be minister of justice. She's a shark. At the hospital, Wu visits Jung and asks him when he will return to work. And he says he might not. And he better not because that's what he said. That's what he told Jisoo. Okay, that's the, that's the whole reason why they're back together. And then she asks for his opinion on her situation without violating attorney-client privilege. And his advice is basically to tell her to follow her instincts because she's an extraordinary attorney who isn't the same as him. They said the title of the show. Woo, woo. And her decision is to show the video to Han Zhang and the other junior attorneys. And everyone is super confused about why this boy would share this with Wu at all. Because as far as they know, they're not related. And Jang's immediate cowardly reaction is to bury it so that it doesn't affect their client. And the boys are in agreement on this, but the women are playing some 3D chess out here. Because Han is thinking about using it to stop Tesumi from becoming the Secretary of Justice. 
And then Wu realizes that protecting their client's interest and divulging the video could become the same thing if they play their cards right, because basically, Raon and the president are not the same entity, and it can be argued that their client is Raon and not the president. This is, of course, the move that they're going to make, and Han realizes that she no longer needs to out Wu as being Sumi's daughter, so she calls her reporter and tells him to hold off on the article because she's got a bigger storm of brewing. And she tells Wu not to go on that resort vacation she told her dad about that they should take. But Wu is confused as heck because nobody told her about this. And then nobody clarifies. It's like, okay, sure, whatever. Let's not even talk about it. That's fine. Then, back in court, Han Bada asks everybody to leave the courtroom so that they can show the confession video, which has a minor in it, and protect him. And they immediately start icing out the interim president because they know what's coming. And so does he, basically. Like, he doesn't know that he's going to leave the company, but he knows that that child is ratting him out. And upon rewatch, when they show that video, I notice that the boy has a stimming toy on his desk. And it isn't a Rubik's Cube. And it's like a bubble popping thingy. I thought it was a mechanical keyboard in my first view, so I didn't even notice it. And, like, those toys are great. I recommend them. I wish you didn't have to manually reset them because they are way more fun to pop one way versus the other for me. So I would rather... There was, like, a way to set them all back without having to manually reset them. But anyway, the interim president recognizes the boy and he gets real upset at Spaghetti that he's been sold out. And he starts yelling just as June Hall comes in with a notice that he's no longer the CEO of Brown, so it's fine that they're throwing him under the bus because minutes before, the board had considered what were they going to do about the news of who ordered the hacking, and the man who had been hospitalized, the previous president of Brown, is still looking beat up as hell, but he gets reinstated as the CEO. And then back in court, the judge lets them know that they cannot just change who their defendant is all willy-nilly, but they should put it in writing. So basically they can as long as it's written down. And then she assures the just deposed president that there will be a criminal investigation. But the video cannot be entered into evidence because they don't know the veracity of the information in it. Which kind of defeats the purpose of showing the video because they wanted it publicly available so that people knew what Tesumi's son had done. But it's not working out super great right now for our boys. and. The judge tells them that they can't subpoena the witness to show in court, but if the boy decides to testify of his and his mom's free will, she'd allow it. And so they go back to the offices and they text him, but the boy lets her know that he's being sent to the U.S. by his mom, and Han proposes releasing the video to the public to force their hand. But Wu convinces them to let her try one last time to change Tesumi's mind to let her son go to court and everyone except for those in the know are very confused about why she's so adamant about keeping their public image clean but they'll allow it so Wu and Junho hurry to the place where they're doing the confirmation hearing in no time and Junho pulls some strings over the phone to try to get her in the door and it's uncertain whether they'll be able to achieve their task at hand And I'm choosing to ignore that they have no backup here. Like, Han isn't setting up a press conference to tell the truth to the world if Sumi doesn't grow up. So we can assume that it will end up in Wu's favors. There is no tension at all in this scene. So Junho 
and Wu park a little ways away from the confirmation hearing, and Jun Ho tells her how he feels, how he admires her bravery, and he wants to be brave like her. And then he proceeds to fully murder every fuzzy feeling I had for this man. Because what he does is compare her to a cat? Saying that when you love a cat, a cat can't love you. And I'm like, what the actual heck? One, you're clearly never interacted with a cat. Like, I don't own one because I'm allergic. But every time I meet one, they're already ride or die. And perhaps more importantly, some may say, she's not a cat. She's not a pet. She's a person who it might be complicated to love. But she's still a human who can love you back. Like, literally everything he said after that was fine and dandy and might have recruited my lost feelings for him. But comparing a human to an animal because they are not neurotypical is fucked up. And I understand if any holistics are hearing this and being like, I don't get it. People get compared to animals all the time. But no, it is not the same when it is done specifically in relation to their neurodivergence and how worthy they are of love. Like, what the heck? No. Like... He is straight up saying, I don't think you'll ever be able to love me, but I'm willing to sacrifice that for you. Um, no? If you really think that she's that incapable of love, perhaps consider rethinking whether you want a relationship with her. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. So after he suggests getting back together, they are interrupted by a phone call letting them know that Tesumi will see her. So when they pull up, she agrees to date him again. You know how I feel about that decision. And tells him that cats can and do love back. And I'm upset. Like, know your worth, woo. You deserve a person who doesn't see you as an animal incapable of loving them. Maybe I'm the villain here. And other people saw it as a cute thing they're trying to make it out to be. But no, that's a neon red flag to me. Maybe if they'd had a conversation about how hurtful a comment like that could be. And he has a learning moment afterwards. Or if she'd expressed already that she sees herself in cats, I'd be cooler with it. But he came out with that shit out of nowhere. And I thought that was gross. She makes it into the meeting room with Tesumi. And she tells Wu all of the gossip she got from Kwan without revealing her sources. And it hits Wu. But she goes on to explain how she's always felt left out because she felt like a narwhal in a pot of belugas and I'm like I don't understand what this has to do with the plea that you're making here but okay <laughs> so she asks Sumi to let her son testify in court and Sumi says no but then Wu gives an argument of you were never a good mother to me but you still have a chance with your son and I'm like okay like I guess <laughs> because we know it's going to work, obviously, because that's what Korean dramas do. But the thing is, Sumi has been such a shark that it feels like it shouldn't work. And she says nothing. She walks off and she swears in at the hearing, but we don't get to see much of that because we go back to the meeting room at Hanbada where they are setting the conditions for the boy to testify. So it works. Two of them are obvious. Don't fuck with the witness, basically. But the last one is that Wu have to be the one to question it. Han accepts the conditions and back to court we go. The boy is called up to the stand and Choi gives Wu words of encouragement. And Fon tries, but he's not quick enough on the draw. 
And then while she's like getting ready to question the witness, Sumi enters the court and sits out at the back and it seems like it gives Wu some extra resolve. And so she starts questioning the, the witness and he obviously confesses to all of it, saying that he's confessing because it was wrong and he wants to apologize to the company and to their customers. After court, Sumi gives a press conference at like a huge set of stairs on the events that have transpired and she withdraws from the nomination to be Minister of Justice. And then at the bottom of the stairs, there is Han in a car just looking all smug as hell that she got what she wanted and Sumi is not going to be the Minister of Justice. So after court, the junior attorneys and Jun Ho are at Harry and Rami's restaurant watching the news about the case which they won the lawsuit for because the data didn't actually fall into the wrong hands. And I'm like, but it could have? Like, they're still playing fast and loose with their customer data. So that's still a problem, but, you know, whatever. Jung then comes in with Jisoo, and they start having dinner, and Wu asks him when he will come back. And this man, why are they doing this? He doesn't outright say that he's not coming back. And it seems like he's, gonna try to go back to work and i'm like why did they fully fudge up the good men in this show like come on man like the person to whom you promised not to go back to hanbada is right there why are you doing this and then at the end of like how this conversation about whether he's going back to work Wu says that she likes working at hanbada and they all cheers to that and she's not drinking alcohol which reminded me that very recently, I drank a couple of glasses of wine, and I might never drink again because I genuinely thought I was straight up dying, okay? I have never had that bad of a hangover in my whole entire life, and I wasn't even, like, all that buzzed, you know? I have literally never even considered that I might die the same way that I did that day, and it was awful. Like, I may be sober. I may be a sober Betty, a sober Sally. That might be me. Because that was awful. And I never want to go through that again. Then the next day, or maybe a year later, who knows, Wu goes to her dad to have breakfast and she needs to add a new emotion to her emotion wheel. At the beginning of the show, we see that she has a board with her dad displaying all of these emotions. And I'm like, at this day and age, this juncture in your life, you should consider emotion wheel that have like very granular emotions because I feel like at this point you can probably imagine what the more complex emotions could look like in a person's face just based on the emotions from which these other emotions stem because the way emotion wheels work is that they just kind of become more granular so like at the, at the center you have like a main four emotions I can't remember I haven't seen emotion wheel in a while and then, like, they kind of become more granular as you get into the outer rings of this wheel. And I feel like she could just figure out what a person would look like, or at least be able to identify, like, the major emotion, the base emotion from which this emotion is sprouted. And I feel like it's time for her to graduate. She could use an emotion wheel. That absolutely has nothing to do with the show, and I'm thinking about this way too hard. And the emotion she's feeling is related to being promoted to a full-time position at Hanbada. And obviously, her dad is psyched that his daughter is just about to have a full career. And he just, like, 
gets really happy and like expresses his excitement about this. And they don't figure out the emotion, but she leaves anyway to get to work. And when she arrives at Hanbada, she decides to brave the revolving doors once again and uses the dancing trick that Chun-ho taught her, which has not been effective so far. So, okay. But it works this time, and she ends up inside, and then Jun-ho finds her just in time for her to identify the emotion that she felt as accomplishment. And I'm like, she graduated top of her class at law school, and just now she's feeling accomplished when she just got, like, a full-time position? I don't know, man. Feels like one of them is harder than the other, relatively speaking. Because, <laughs> like, I feel like no real job is ever as hard as how hard you have to work for college. You know what I mean? Like, there is nothing quite like it. And now, like, now you feel accomplished? Now? Do you have to do clinicals in school? I feel like that could have given you a sense of accomplishment, too. But okay. So the show ends with Jun Ha looking at her and her looking all excited about her accomplishment. And it's like a super blah way to end this show for me personally. I don't know how it would make, make it better. That's not my job. I just know that I didn't like it all that much. And that's just me. And that's fine. I can be a salty Sally as well as a sober Sally. I was so excited for the show. And it's hard to succinctly say what I'm feeling right now. And I think the most salient thought is that the show's premise was good and they could have done a better job with it. Overall, it was very cute, as all K- as K-dramas often are, and I just felt really attached to Wu's character and wish she'd had one of those completely unreal, no-holds-barred romances if we're already heightening the fantasy of the show, because I can't help but feel othered by the end of this show, though the beginning did a great job. Obviously, Wu is a fictional character with different support needs for me as a person, but like, It would be nice if being autistic wasn't the main character trait. Because that's what it ended up being at the end of the show. Because she had all these interesting things about her at the beginning. But then at the end, it felt like nobody could look past that. And I'm like, I feel like at a certain point after you know someone for a very long time, you kind of stop thinking about autism as the only thing about her. So it's just like, I don't know. It felt like it could have been better and i don't know how you could have done better but i felt like it should have been all right time to end this episode i will probably take a break for a week or two but i might do a wrap-up bit about what i thought and felt about the show as part of like maybe a trailer for the next show i'll be covering because i feel like i have too many thoughts to untangle right now and like talk about them in a very clear way so i'll just wait for a little bit while i let myself feel these emotions about this show i have not decided what show i will be doing i'll be watching a bunch of first episodes in the next couple weeks and deciding on what i will cover next from that as always feel free to reach out to korean drama rants at gmail.com and i'll catch you all next time bye